Welcome to the Destiny Church and Throne Podcast, where we hope to inspire, stir, and provoke you to know Jesus and make him known in your daily life. Enjoy. Perfect. And uh, I'm going to share it with you all. Is that okay? Am I missing anything else? She builds. Yes, um, our uh, women's group, they meet here Saturday, 10 a.m. They work out. <laughs> Karen has tailored some workouts, so whether you're uh, brand new to working out or not, um, come and she'll uh, she'll teach. Yeah, she'll teach and equip. And uh, yeah. So anyway, um, and so other stuff, guys. Just check out that board. All the stuffs there. If you have any questions, see somebody here. We'll we'll hook you up. Um, Jesus, I want to read this to you. Um, one of our main things that we talk about here often is the ease of relationship with Jesus. Like this is something that um, I really want to be able to uh, help to establish a culture of in our lives every day is the ease of relationship. Um, I've, over the past few days, I've been having conversations with different pastors all over the regions. And it's hard for me to really share the ease of relationship with Jesus when the mentality is, oh, we have to do this, and we have to do this, and we have to do this, and we have to do this, but I got to make sure this is taken care of, or this is taken care of. And I started to think to myself, like, when we just operate in the ease of relationship with Jesus, like, we can begin to rest like never before, okay? And I'm just going to take a quick dive into Luke chapter 4 and begin to share what Jesus experienced and what we can experience with him. Amen? Amen. Amen. <laughs> that was a good one, y'all. Amen. All right, all together. Amen. See you guys Thursday. All right. Um, guys, I drafted a good fantasy football team last night. Like, my fantasy team is really good. Um, <laughs> I got a good team. Jesus. I prayed really hard and fasted and made sure I got the right team. Um, okay. So uh, I'm going to read this right here out of Luke chapter 4. Um, give me a second here. I'm going to go to the New Living Translation, so follow me for a moment. Um, Jesus, you're so good. It says, so Jesus, okay, so check this out. He came to the village of Nazareth where it was his boyhood home, and he went as usual to the synagogue on the Sabbath, and he stood up and he read some scriptures. So check this out. Jesus takes the scroll of Isaiah the prophet, all right? He unrolls the scroll. And he found the place where this was written. So, so imagine this for a second. Jesus goes to the synagogue. They hand him a scroll. It's Isaiah. Okay. He opens it up and he looks and he's like, oh, that's what I'm going to read. So check this out. This is what he reads. The spirit of the Lord is upon me for he's anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. He then rolled up the scroll, handed it back to the attendant, and sat down. Then it says, all eyes in the synagogue looked at him intently. He began to speak to them. He says, the scripture that you've just heard has been fulfilled this very day. The part that I want to really highlight to each and every one of us is that after he declared his identity, he then sat down. This is the utmost importance of why we talk about getting in the word of God and being in the secret place with him. So what Jesus did here is he is declaring who he is through the word of the Lord. 
meaning no man revealed to him who he was, he was able to read from that passage, read from Scripture and say, hey, let me tell you who the Lord says that I am. That I am anointed to declare liberty to captive. So he goes on and he releases his identity through the word of God. So side note, if you want to know more of who you are and who you're called to be, get in the word of God and spend time with Jesus. Because when you spend time with him, he reveals to you who you are. And in a place, oh, thanks, love. My wife just texted me. It's a good text. It's a good text. Um, it's a good text. Um, yeah, sorry. <laughs> we're in this place where we have to be in his word, in his presence to know more of who we are, right? The world around us is too confused. Amen. Like people all around are confused. There's identity issues. We deal with a lot of stuff um, in every form, in every area. You can just talk with somebody at Walmart and you'll find out how crazy the world is, how crazy of a mentality or perspective they have that's not of themselves, it's like, wait a second, like, where are you getting that from? Oh, well, I thought this because this pastor said this. Like, well, did you ever, like, pray or talk to God about that? You know what I mean? Like, a lot of people are even in the church put into a position they're not even supposed to be in just because man thought they would be good there. Yeah, that'll preach. That'll preach, brother. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He's anointed me to bring good news to the poor. Now, I want to read from there. I want you guys to remember that, okay? He rolled up the scroll, handed it back to the attendant after releasing his identity and who he was, and he what? Sat down, okay? Now, upon studying Jewish tradition, during the time in the synagogue, uh, uh, over there, there was two seats that were at the synagogue, okay? There was two seats. One seat was for the high priest. It was for the priest. It was those that day. There was another seat that nobody sat in because that was reserved for the Messiah when he came. So the Jews believed that when the Messiah came, that seat right there would be reserved only for the Messiah. So let me take it like this. There's two chairs up here. I get up here. I preach a word. I sit in the seat that's not for the Messiah. I sit in the pastor's seat. This seat's open. But Jesus said this. He said, this day, the scripture has been fulfilled. And he sat in the chair of the Messiah. See, he had been going to the synagogue all the time. Jesus knew what was up. He was about to start some stuff. <laughs> Jesus knew that the pastor sat in this seat. But this day, Jesus releases who he is from the word. And he says, I'm going to sit in this seat. See, that's the one thing that I believe that causes. Now, here's a side note. I believe in church culture, man's restrictions and traditions come because they don't want to relinquish the reins to the Lord. Because then guess what? They won't have a place to be sit, seated down anymore in the front. That's right. come on. See, and sometimes man doesn't want to get out of the way because they want to control it. Come on. We've all been there, guys. Come on. We've all been in that place. How many t-shirts did you buy? I don't know. My closet's full of them. Where I tried to control situations in my life. I was like, God, you know, yeah, me and Karen talk about it all the time. Like we got this, we have to give this to God. We cannot control this. We have to give it to him. And I believe that a lot of time man fears putting Jesus in that seat and then moving because then they have to give control to him. Right. Me and Pastor Jonathan, just before service, I, sh I had this dream last night. You know what? I'm going to share this dream with you. I'm going to share it. Are we live? Boy, if you got a question, comment, email. You got a problem with what I'm saying? No, I'm just joking. 
I love you. All right, I had this dream last night. In the dream, we were ministering at this church that was a religious church, something like that. They were a religious church, and I got done ministering the word. Pastor Ashley came forth, and she shared a prophetic poem from the viewpoint of Jesus to us. Okay, so it was really awesome. It was really moving. Like, you could just feel the glory of the Lord in the house. And I was like, man, this is so cool. It was a nice, big church. I was like, man, this is so awesome. And uh, there's some other people that are about to share what God's giving them. And this pastor comes up, and he's like, okay, uh, we're dismissed. And he, like, gets, they pack everything up, and they go to the back. Well, then I'm like, I'm like, no, man, like, God's still moving. Like, just because it's 12 o'clock, like, God, you know, God's still moving. He's not like, oh, man, it's Luby's time. Better shut it down. So he's like, no. So I get on the microphone in my dream, and I'm like, hey, we're not done yet. I said, if you're wanting a fresh touch from God, or if you've been praying for your city and you want prayer, come to the front. And in the dream, there was these six elderly women. Like, these ladies were elderly, like maybe 70, 80, like elderly. Two of them could barely move. One of them was actually in a wheelchair, and then the other one was in a walker. So we're talking about viejitas, man. They're like, you know, they're, they're old. You know, they're walking up to the front. Some viejitas and some viejitos, all right? So they're old, so they're going to the front. And our team was there, and we're, we're like, we're waiting for them. And when they come to the front, this, they're astonished because the lady in the wheelchair who hadn't walked in ever, she was paralyzed. She picks herself up out of her wheelchair. And everybody's like, oh, my gosh, she hasn't walked in ever. And she stands up. She was so desperate for a touch of God, it healed her paralysis. And as we're at the front, we're beginning to declare stuff. And I see the pastors in the back. They get their stuff, and they scurry out of the building. And I woke up, and the Holy Spirit said they left the building because they did not want the responsibility of knowing there was more. If you're watching, write that down. They wanted to leave so quickly because the moment they started seeing that miraculous stuff happening, they're like, ah, no, because if I see this, I know that there's going to be a responsibility for me to go deeper. Look at what Jesus says here. I'm anointed to bring good news to the poor. We may pray for the poor, but what happens when God sends us the poor at H-E-B or Walmart? Come on. And then he he rolled up the scroll and he sat down. Now listen to this. This is so crazy. Everybody spoke well of him, and they were amazed by his words. But then they say this, how can this be? Isn't this Joseph's son? Jesus was so common, they completely were looking at it. The priests were up in arms because he's sitting in the Messiah's chair. Then the body of believers is like, how can he sit in that chair? We know this guy's dad. Like, what is he doing? Follow me over to Hebrews chapter 10. Yeah. Yeah. I knew it would be a poem. Just hold that. I even told her before, so I was like, if you get a poem, write it down. It's a poem. Okay. It's a poem. Are there rhyming words? It's a, it's a poem. It's a poem. All right. Hebrews chapter 10. Guys, I'm almost done. I'm going to wrap this up. Pastor Ashley is going to share her prophetic poem. We're going to pray for you. We're almost done here. I'm almost done, Nicole. I promise. Hebrews chapter 10. For God's will was for us to be made holy by the sacrifice of the body of Jesus once and for all. Under the old covenant, the priest stands and ministers before the altar day after day, offering the same sacrifices again 
and again, which can never take away sins. But our high priest, Jesus, offered himself to God as a single sacrifice for sins, good for all time. Then he sat down at the place of honor at God's right hand. Two places in scripture where we see Jesus sat in places only Jesus could sit. One was in the Messiah's chair here on earth. The second is at the right hand of the Father. And there will be one more time. There will be one more time where he will sit down. It's going to be one more time where he's going to sit down. And it's going to be in Jerusalem. And it's upon his return back to the earth. And he will seat one more time on the earth. So what does he do before he gets seated in the heavens? He releases his identity and says, this is who I am. This is who God's called me to be. And so what do we do? We no longer have to stand and minister all day, giving up sacrifice after sacrifice. Now we can rest in the ease that Jesus sat down. It says it right here. It says, in the old covenant, priests stand and ministered. But Jesus made a way so that we can sit down, so that we can rest. The Bible tells us that we are seated in heavenly places. There's nothing better and refreshing after a long day than just to sit down. Think about it. Hard day mowing, whatever it may be, just a long day. Think about the, the, the natural physicality of what it feels like to just sit down after working hard all day. The beauty in our Christian life is this, beloved. You can be seated every day, all day. You no longer have to give up sacrifice after sacrifice, offering after offering. You no longer have to stand and minister like the old covenant. Jesus made a way to where we can now be seated with him. By faith, by faith, we are made righteous in the sight of God. By faith. It's got to be by faith that we know that we're loved. It's got to be by faith that we know that we're called, that we're guaranteed. It's by faith. So, I want you to think about something. If there's any areas in your Christian walk where you are standing and you are giving offering after offering, sacrifice after sacrifice, and you're doing your Christian walk the hard way, repent and ask God to change your mind. Because you should be resting in the new covenant of what Jesus established on this earth. There's a baby. (laughs) That's so cool. And so in saying this, I want you guys to remember, Jesus sit, he sat here, he's seated in heaven, and once more he's going to come and he's going to sit on the throne in Jerusalem as he rule and reigns over the earth when he returns, the second coming. This is going to happen. But the beautiful thing about it is that right now, all of us can also be seated with him. This puts such an ease on our walk with him. I was just talking to somebody the other day about it. Because we do one thing wrong or a child does one thing wrong, we do not kick them out of the house. There's my 13-year-old son right there. When he did bad things or he messed up as a kid, we didn't kick him out of the house. There was grace and love and adoration to where he can always come to our home and he can always find rest. Much is it with us, beloved. 
is that we're not getting kicked out of the house. We have to trust in what Jesus has accomplished on the cross and his sacrifice so that we can now rest every day. So if there's any areas where you are striving in your Christian walk or even in life in general, period, as a believer, we have to give it to Jesus. We have to trust and we have to begin to be seated. We once had a pastor come here to get prayer because he said he wasn't sleeping at night and he was having terrible back pain. And he said, man, I've just been worried about this event at our church. I've been just so worried about it. And I'm like, I've been worried about an event at your church. Well, if God said to do it, why are you worried about it? Why are you not sleeping and having back pain from an event? And it's because he was doing it out of his own, out of his own power, out of his, out of his own. He was trying to kind of stir things up on his own. And he wasn't resting in what God told him to do. I'll tell our team this always and often. This walk should be easy. I tell you guys often, as pastor of this church, this is easy. Easy peasy. Karen and I talk about it behind closed doors all the time. About how easy it is to pastor and shepherd this church. Because you guys understand. We don't want our pastor to get up there and just say a bunch of stuff so we can go home. We want Jesus. Amen. So, Pastor Ashley, you got your prophetic poem ready? It's not a poem. It's a poem. It's a poem. Jonathan, is it a poem? It's totally a poem. Say it like a poem, too. Okay. Um, (laughs) So, beloved, remember, you don't have to stand anymore. You can be seated. And you can rest. And every single day of your life, you can rest in his presence. You can rest knowing that he has sacrificed and he's done it all. So that now we just have to walk in the fruit of what he has accomplished on the cross. So back pains, shoulder pains unhealthy sleeping habits, all these different things, whether natural or spiritual, we put them to rest this morning. Amen? Financial hardships, job issues, petty arguments, we put them to rest this morning. Any areas where we're striving in marriages, relationships, we put it, Lord, we just give it to you this morning. We lay it at the altar. Any area where we are striving or trying to perform based on our own works, we give it to you, Jesus. We want to rest. We want to be seated. We want to sit down like you sat down. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Pastor Jonathan, why don't you make your way down here, buddy? Lord, you're so good. Share this real quick, man. So good. So she saw this vision of a gravy bowl being poured out. Um, she looked up actually in, in the scripture Psalm 63 5 in the message translation says I eat my fill of prime rib and gravy I smack my lips it's time to shout praises <clears throat> so here's the poem and it reads like a psalm too starts like this oh good gravy how good is the Lord's gravy how rich and thick it is Comforting to my soul and a delicious fragrance that fills the room, drawing me in, enticing me to draw near. I'm going to read it one more time. Oh, good gravy. How good is the Lord's gravy. How rich and thick it is. Comforting to my soul and a delicious fragrance that fills the room, drawing me in, enticing me to draw near. Mm. So good, man. (laughs) Bro, and gravy makes a lot of things better. Man, is, is Luby's open? <laughs> Guys, stand with me. Yeah, stand with me, beloved. That was beautiful, man. 
Oh, Jesus, you're so good. Oh, man. I'm telling you, he's good. The other day we were at Wendy's. I was going through the drive-thru getting my kiddos something to eat. And the, the lady, the attendant, I said, hey, I feel like the Lord is highlighting your daughter and that we need to pray for her. So she's like, she's like, how'd you know I had a daughter? I was like, I just feel like the Lord is saying, you know, this is what he's saying. And we prayed for her. It was maybe like 35, 40 seconds. Prayed for her at the window and we, spent, and we drove off and Kyla, my daughter, she was like, dad, do you know her? I was like, no, I don't. I don't know her. And she's like, well, why would, why would you pray for her if you don't know her? And I said, because I felt like Jesus was saying this is what he had for her, and I wanted to share it. And she was like, okay. And so we're at Walmart um, yesterday or something like that, and there was this guy that was there. And uh, he was with his family, but he was in a wheelchair. And Kyla was like, Dad, do you think that we should go and pray with him? And I was like, well, I'm going to be led by you. I was like, do you want to go and do you want to pray with him? She's like, I'm not sure yet. She's like, I don't know if I know how to pray for him. And so in that moment, rather than bringing her over there, we stopped. And I said, okay, well, let's pray for him over here. Do you want to pray for him if we don't go close to him? She's like, yeah, well, let's pray. So we stop in the middle of the aisle. And it was absolutely amazing that as just walking through, our daughter Kyla, five years old, six, excuse me. <laughs> I'm bad with ages. Our six-year-old daughter wanted to stop the flow of everything because she saw an individual who was needing prayer and who she felt God highlighted for prayer and was able to make a declaration over him. See, this is the ease. Six years old. And she understood an individual in public who was in need of prayer. If a six-year-old can do it, guys, we may not, like, let's pray that we don't lose our childlike wonder. Amen. The ease in the moment for her to just look and say, hey, I think that that person needs prayer. It was absolutely amazing. It warmed my heart. But beloved, as we say often time and time and time again, our relationship with the Lord is as easy as our kids running up to us and jumping in our lap. There's no striving. There's no stress to it. There's no works to it. It's just us resting in what Jesus accomplished, the tearing of the veil and stepping into relationship more than ever. Amen? Come on, hold your hands out. Let's get ready to receive. Ah, Jesus. You guys are going to change the world. I'm telling you. You're going to change your workplace. You're going to change your supermarkets, your school place. You're going to begin to change it out of boldness and out of confidence. So, Father, right now, Lord, we just receive the ease of relationship with you. God, we receive the revelation that you are seated in heavenly places and we are there with you now. God, we receive that revelation of being seated as opposed to standing, ministering, and working all the time. Lord, we thank you that in our relationship with you, we can truly be seated in a place of ease and trust and that through that great faith will be produced. So, Father, in this moment, we receive a greater measure of faith. Come on, if that's something you've been praying for, just receive that right now, a greater measure of faith. Maybe you've been on the fence lately. Maybe God hasn't really been moving in your life. Maybe you've been seeing trial after trial, and it has shaken your faith. Beloved, count that a joy. 
So, Lord, in this moment, we receive that revelation that when you come back to earth, Lord, you'll be seated again. And I pray that we may, we may be found faithful. Lord, if there's any pains in the bodies of the people here, I pray healing and a warm oil begin to flow. That warm gravy begin to flow over their bodies, Lord. Spines and shoulders, headaches and migraines, eye pain. Come on. Just full and complete healing, Jesus. And lastly, Lord, we receive that fresh revelation of your never failing love for us. That your love is not determined by our performance. That your love is not determined by the amount of scriptures we know. That in fact, the Bible tells us that we first love, or that we love because you first loved us. That takes a lot of pressure off loving him to know that he first loved you. So Lord, we receive that revelation. And we receive the understanding of identity that we are called to bring liberty to captives, sight to the blind. God, that we are called to bring an abundance to the impoverished areas. That we are called to bring healing to the nations. And then in every day of our life, you are calling us to rest in relationship with you. In Jesus' name. Beloved, I love you. I'm thankful for each and every one of you. Feel free to connect, drink.